When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to this championship game edition of Peak to Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger. And wow, that was a ball game last night. Yeah, a lot of fun. Like I uh, I was worried that it wouldn't be a great game. I thought there was a chance that LSU just kind of came out and blew them out. I know it wasn't super competitive at the very end, but um, a lot of fun, really good game. I'm excited to kind of get into it and talk about it. But I thought it was, you know, I wouldn't put it up there as one of the best championships, championship games of the decade or anything like that. I think there are a couple clear three or four that were better, uh, maybe five. But it was really good. Like, I enjoyed it, it you know. I, I mean, these are two of the best teams that we've seen play in a championship game in a while, in my opinion. And, yes, the score is um, – you know, not necessarily indicative of a close ball game, but it was a close ball game for most of the game. I would like to uh, point out that I said it was going to be 42-31, so I at least got the amount of points that LSU was going to score correctly, which I believe, not necessarily you, but there were some people that uh, scoffed at the idea that that uh, LSU's offense would score 42 on Clemson's defense, and they did, but that was a freaking fun game to watch both of those teams are so good joe burrow is phenomenal and you know that's hard for me to say because yeah. i really like him because you're not as big of a burrow fan um i'm not a fan of his personality it has nothing to do with his play i can completely acknowledge that i think he is a fabulous player and i will tell you as far as what i'm looking for in my in my quarterbacks i definitely like stoic i like not showing a ridiculous amount of emotion and he he delivers on that front i just he's just rubbed me the wrong way over the course of the last two seasons for you know some things that he said but I mean, generational talent. And when you look at last year versus this year, the growth is incredible. Uh, so much credit. And I want to back up to one thing you said. I actually, shocker, I disagree with you here. I actually like all of the emotion. Like I like, you know, Winston's crazy emotion. I like Tebow's crazy emotion that that's in the, you know, in that quarterback um, doesn't 
make it right or wrong doesn't mean that you, you know, obviously Burrow and Lawrence I like are way that stuff more better in my skill players. I like that better in my, like in my DBs, in my wide receivers. Like you can, you know, pretend to pee like a dog if you're my wide receiver and I'm kind of okay with <laughs> now, that. I don't want my but quarterback doing I don't really that. I need my but quarterback like, like making it rain when he scores a touchdown or something. That's yeah. just not my, my thing. Yeah. I think there's a good, good mix. Like I think the, the Tebow Jameis as different as they were like the emotion they showed and the way they got it. Like, yeah, I'm, well I'm I'll totally take Tebow's okay emotion. I'm not, I'm not that into Jameis's emotion, but uh, did you see um, Trevor oh, Lawrence but, blow a kiss to the LSU fans when he scored his first touchdown? I was a big fan of that. I'm okay with that. I mean, or, you know, I mean, I mean let's I'm roll okay with that. I'm not saying I think you should be punished for it, but I just think it's pretty ballsy first Possession of the game. Yeah, first no, I like game. that. I like it. I mean, you know, I, it's. I mean, I guess I didn't. I. It's not like I watched Clemson every single game of Clemson's this year and really analyzed, but that seems slightly out of character for him. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't watch it. I mean, I watched enough Clemson, but a lot of their games were blowouts and yeah. Not too so interesting I mean, I went back and forth. I'm not watching like every. And I mean, they were yeah, they were all handled three minutes into the game uh, or most of them anyway. Yeah. Everything, you know, but the UNC or Ohio state games, but um, yeah, yeah, probably out of character for him a bit. I mean, you know, I don't want to say Clemson had them, but at the beginning of the game, I mean, they had them, you know, and yeah, I, I really thought, um, I mean, I thought the defining point of the game was late in the first half on that third and 19. It's not to say LSU wouldn't have won anyway, but I thought the defining point in the game was late in the first half on that third and 19. Um, Clemson commits a a defensive pass interference on an underthrown bad ball. You know, I love and hate the whole, you can underthrow a route and the receiver comes back through the defender, which wasn't really the case here, but kind of just like a bailout pass interference call. Um, you know, LSU, I'm sorry, Clemson gets the ball back there and had looked pretty good on offense that half and and started the second half out good on offense. So, you know, who's to say whether they score or not, but at worst they go to the half down, you know, either three or four instead of down 10, um, or they go into the half with a lead, you know, which – they scored right after the start of the second half. Who knows? Everything plays out the same way. But I think it would have set up for a much better second half had that not happened. Like that, to me, that was the – I don't say the play of the game was a passing inference, but that may have been like the most important play of the game. You know, LSU got to take a 10-point lead into the half. It let them move on. Now, obviously, there were big plays on that drive after the pass interference. Uh, Burroughs scramble on third and 10. The touchdown – Obviously was was huge with twenty seconds left, but none of that happens without that pass interference. And you know LSU's giving the ball back to Clemson with good field position um, late in the first half without it. So to me, that was kind of like that play was just such a backbreaker um, for Clemson to go down two scores after playing LSU. I thought Clemson played LSU in the first half better than anybody had played LSU all year. You know, I mean, nobody else, they never trailed by two scores, you know, right. the rest of the year. So, I mean, that I think that goes without saying. So after playing as an underdog, the absolute best that Clemson could, that DPI 
and going down two scores into the first half was, I just think, you know, brutal for, for Clemson. And I think that was kind of like not what decided the game, but really, really heavily swung it back LSU's way. I honestly think I knew that that game was over when I watched the halftime interviews with uh, Coach O and with Dabo. I don't know if you paid attention to that or not, but they went to Coach O first. And he said something along the lines of, it took us a minute to figure out what they were doing offensively, but now we figured it out. So we're good. Um, And he just seemed cool, calm and collected and basically like, you know, we got we got it under control now. We just we just needed a minute to to analyze what it was that they had going on. And then when they went to Dabo, he seemed so dejected, which is not something that you normally see from him. I feel like he is normally comes across as incredibly level-headed and, and, you know, cool, calm and collected um, in those interviews. And he was very obviously flustered and dejected. And as soon as I saw those two things, I, I like made a comment about it at the time. Like that's, that's it. This is, uh, there was just a very different energy coming from, from each one of those uh, coaches. And you could tell coach O really liked where they were sitting at that moment. Whatever it was that he was seeing, he felt like they matched up really, really well with it. And, you know, we talked on our preview episode about how there would probably be just one or two mistakes that kind of helped swing this game. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence, made a couple mistakes he I I read a stat that he has not had a game where he's overthrown more than five passes this whole season he overthrew 13 um in this game and I I I don't know how much you've looked at Twitter today but I've seen a lot of Clemson fans talk about like well it wasn't Trevor Lawrence's night and he you know he didn't play well and the calls and all of that stuff like I don't think we can talk about it Trevor Lawrence not playing his best game without talking about why he's not playing his best game. And that, and that's LSU's defense. They stepped up, they played better than they've probably played, you know, almost all season um, against the best team that they've played all season long. And so I don't think it's Trevor, Trevor Lawrence wasn't making unforced errors. Yeah, I didn't think so. Was forcing his hand. I didn't think so either. And when LSU got on a roll, um, it became that much more of a pressure situation for Lawrence, right? And everything sure. had to be so precise. And so not only was LSU's did LSU's defense clamp down really from the second quarter on. Um, I mean, did you pay attention to Steinle at all? That entire side of the field was essentially erased. He never had a PI. He never, I mean, but they, that was shut down. And that definitely made it way harder. Made it much tougher for them. And the like you said, the pressure was so much higher because LSU was scoring. I mean, LSU put mm-hmm. up 628 yards last night. I mean, they right. their offense, after being kind of quiet to start the game, really came out and just you know, Which dominated. Which makes you think I thought, what, what I, Coach O said in his interview was entirely uh, truthful and accurate. For sure, they, yeah. d- they did figure it out. Yeah, and I thought Clemson, not unlike the Ohio State game, I thought Clemson dominated the first quarter and mm-hmm. one long 52-yard pass finished the first quarter at 7-7. You know, mm-hmm. And so Clemson was dominating field position, got down inside the 40 a couple of times, had to punt, 
and had several possessions where they just kind of played the field position game, and that did end up benefiting them. Nailed a couple of sure. punts down in the in the five. You know, to start the game, it really looked like LSU was the nervous team. They were backed up against the goal line to start their first couple of possessions, went three and out, lost yardage, couldn't get anything going. But after Clemson scored and they could kind of get some semi-decent field position, right, like just respectable field position, you start at your own 25 or whatever, then they looked a lot more comfortable. And and that's yeah. when LSU was kind of able to take over. I thought Clemson's Clemson did a great job scheming the first half. Um, sure. And probably – I'm trying to think through exactly how I want to say this. Probably Clemson's coaches, even though they were losing the game at halftime, probably won the first half. Um, minus the DPI, they probably go into the half with a lead. But I would say Clemson's coaches were probably winning the first half. But when it comes to halftime adjustments and the way they were able to just shut Clemson down for the entire mm-hmm. second half – Really, the second quarter and on the adjustments that yeah LSU they made was those able to LSU make. made those adjustments even before halftime, which is impressive yeah. because that's a lot harder to do. It's one thing when you're making adjustments in the locker room, which again is is what you want your coaches to do, and the coaches that are the best at it are the ones that continue to show up in these playoff games and stuff like that. But which they made really, those adjustments yeah on before the field halftime, fly. which is like like you said, it goes back to what Coach O was saying. You know, oh they had us there. For a minute, but we figured out what they're doing, and we're going to roll with it, you know. And and yeah. so, you know, credit to Clemson because they came out and, like I said, in the first half, probably played LSU as as well as anybody. Um, but I mean, it's tough to do that for a full game against LSU. Um, second half was was there. Clemson comes out and makes it a three point game on their first possession of the second half, and then they had their chances. I mean, right after that. Um, didn't LSU go three and out after that touchdown? Um, yeah. Clemson gets the ball back and, you know, gets a first down, but can't really get anything going, has to punt it back. And that's when LSU um, drives on the field for, I don't know, 70 yards, 68 yards uh, to go up by 10. And at that point, you know, I don't want to say it was over, but a two score lead for LSU in the second half, you know, it was just going to be very, very tough. So, um, but I mean, I no, thought it was, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You thought it was what? So, I mean, I thought Clemson, you know, had the game plan, just couldn't, couldn't finish, you know, Burrow showed why he was the best player in college football this year, showed why, you know, he was rattled at the beginning. It looked like, I don't know, rattled, but maybe nervous or had nerves or stuff, which you, which you see at times, right? Like, Florida State started well, really he slow. Hasn't been there. Yeah, Florida no, State started you know, really, Clemson's really slow. Been there. In 2013, Alabama started really slow two years ago against Georgia. Um, you know, this happens. Like, this isn't like a, oh my gosh, you know, how could they start slow? But I mean, you know, it's it's not. You know, I hate cliche, so I'm not going to say it. But it's about how you finish. So, and they yeah. finished really well. Well, you know, I know that I am a total SEC homer and. I own that. I'm okay with that. But this is where playing in a stronger conference comes in and benefits you. 
LSU was so much more battle tested than Clemson was. And again, for all those people that are going to tweet me or send me private messages or whatever, I get that Clemson doesn't get to control what happens in the rest of their conference. But it is a massive advantage to play hard games week in and week out. Clemson was not tested at all, which is one of the reasons that I, when we talked about defensive stats last last podcast, I said that I think that there there's a good chance that those are, are kind of untruthful, or at the very least, like they don't sell me on Clemson just by reading them. Because when you look at what the who the opponents are, it's easy for that to pad your stats when you're playing such inferior opponents. But I saw a tweet today about the teams that LSU played this season. Their opponents won the ACC won the Big 12, won the SEC East, won the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, the Alamo Bowl, and the Texas Bowl. Seven teams that they played this year were ranked in the top 10 when they played. And they went 15 and up. That, I mean, that's, but all of those games leading up to this made it so that when they, you know, are down in the first quarter, they're okay with it. They're, they're not sweating it. They can figure out how to make the adjustments. I think that part of making the adjustments is having the practice making the adjustments in, in games that aren't, you know, this monumental. And I don't know outside of the North Carolina game and the Ohio state game that we can say that Clemson has ever even had to make halftime adjustments this season. Yeah, no, I I doubt that they ever have. I mean, you could, you know, I see where you're going with that and I don't, I don't think that there's um, – I don't think you're wrong. Like I won't disagree with you on it. But I, I think there – I think it really just more so comes down to the the players and the coaches. Because you could have said the same thing about Florida State in 2013 when you look at their schedule versus Auburn's. Um, and Florida State's well, schedule I mean, that year. Well, I mean it doesn't mean that it is the difference maker every championship game but i, I think, think it that helps you could yeah. definitely point to this helping an lsu team that has not been on this stage since what 2007 yeah i, I um, mean i agree with you that it definitely there are definitely advantages to it but if you put the if you put lsu in the acc this year and have them just blow out everybody they still beat. i think lsu was that much better than everybody else that they still win like I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think it was deciding, but I think it was definitely a help. So maybe I do disagree. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shocking. But I mean, you know, they looked, they looked, I, I hate the word rattled because I don't think it was rattled by any means, but they looked like, you know, they were on the verge of being rattled or I'll just say it. They were rattled. I think it was but, a little bit deer in the headlights. I don't know that it's rattled so much as that they were like scared or intimidated. I think that maybe they didn't know what to expect. And, but once they, like you said, figured it out or understood what Mm -hmm. Clemson was doing or changed or adjusted, they were fine. You know, the, the big play helped, you know, which I think was a bit of a push off, but they were really, really letting both sides kind of go after it. There were probably... Which Clemson fans are not happy about the calls this morning. I don't um, care at all. Have you seen the D-Wade video where he just kind of licks his lips and says, I love it? Like, that's me right now with Clemson fans crying. I know that you're big <laughs> SEC, but, like, it it it, it brings me immense for joy. joy for a team that I have to play every year to lose on the biggest stage possible. You know, like, <laughs> um, you know, so were you crying any tears when... 
Oklahoma beat FSU in 2001. Like, no, of course not. Of course so, not. um, and I know you wanted the SEC to win, but like, I did. You'd, I you'd, wanted you'd, you'd have got your, win. you'd have got your jokes off if, if Clemson would have won too, you know, like your Joe Burrow jokes, I, sure. I can already tell. So I love it. I love that. I mean, I, you know, I don't think it impacts the game one way or the other, but both teams were committing, you know, DPIs pretty regularly, I thought. Sure. And they were like bang, bang plays, right? Like it, nothing, nobody was getting dragged down by a face mask or anything crazy, but like right. there were some, I mean, they were not, there was no dirty plays. Right, right. They were letting them play. They were letting them go at it. Guys were getting to the wide receivers a little bit early on both sides, I thought. I thought the the 52-yard touchdown, you know, bomb throw to Burrow, I, I thought that was a push-off, but not enough to eh, – no, it probably was enough to get away to, to where it should have been called. But I was okay. They were letting him play. Um, yeah. The one really, really bad call was, was the one where the um, – the LSU kids hand hit out of bounds. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. bad. Uh, but L- but Clemson also was the beneficiary of some controversial calls in the, uh, sure. In the, I'm not a huge fan of the, um, the defenseless player, uh, hit that happened in the, in the first quarter where, um, what did they blind? They call it like a blindside tackle or whatever. I, I don't terrible call. I just don't understand what you want that defender to do that isn't that, <laughs> essentially. And I just, I, I kind of think you got to let them play on stuff like that. That wasn't, it wasn't purposeful. It was, there was no well, you maliciousness know, with so, it. Sometimes you see those and they are, um, they are completely irrelevant. Like you don't need them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of when I'm okay with sure. there being a penalty, right? Like, uh, an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman is kind of trailing the play. He's never going to catch back up and a wide receiver or somebody just, you know, his head's turned, puts him like puts his shoulder into his chest and just absolutely obliterates him. Well, I mean, in that situation from in front of the wide receiver at first. So the idea that like he's a defenseless player and he was blindsided, aren't, aren't you taught from when you're little, you got to have your head on a swivel. Like he's involved in that play. You should expect that something could come from any angle at that moment. Absolutely. He's running. I mean, he was there to make a play. If if sure. the wide receiver or the running back, I don't know if it was a run or a pass, but if the offensive player would have been past him and it's just a crackback block, oh, yeah, I, I think I have an issue with that. You know, But he didn't hit him. In live time when he hit him, I thought, oh, maybe he got him in the head. Maybe he kind of went high. You know, maybe it was kind of a dangerous play, but then when they really slowed down the replay, um, you know, I thought it was a pretty bad call. Yeah, I I, did I, I think that it would have ended up, he would have ended up, they wouldn't have ended up scoring there anyway. Like it put the ball down on the six. Sure. And yeah. They ended I don't up getting in. It so it didn't, it didn't change much. Term, but, but I just think it's a I'm bad precedent a to set. The other one, yeah. which didn't get called, thankfully, was the pass over the middle middle where what Lawrence just hung was it a LSU hit on a Clemson player or a Clemson hit on an LSU player where the quarterback just kind of hung the ball up over the middle and the safety just kind of like went straight into the back of the of the wide receiver who had you know the ball had kind of gone through his hands that didn't get called as a penalty but it wouldn't shock me if in 2 years you you can't do that anymore like you can't yeah. you know it and there's nothing malicious about it yeah, I mean, he couldn't have gone high there because he couldn't have jumped up enough to 
you know, hit him in the head and have those that kind right. of vertical because the guy was already in the air. But uh, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. But but just watch, like that will be outlawed within yeah. a couple of years. Like there's yeah. no way, you know, because and the problem is not. I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily a problem with it. But what they'll say is when you hit a guy like that and then he falls backwards on his head, like that's a player safety thing. So they'll they'll get rid of that yeah. within two years, guaranteed. Right. Mark the tape here. So, um, and and then even with the play where the the guy's hand touched out of bounds, I mean, it's really hard to say what would or wouldn't happen. But they were just absolutely rolling at that point. They probably score even if they do review that and blow it dead. You know, like it. Yeah. You know, it just is what it is. So, I feel no sympathy. Clemson's gotten away with some calls over the last few years. Everybody has good and bad calls go against them. Um, so sucks to suck. I don't feel bad for it. In yeah. fact, I'm I'm glad no, that you I, can I point agree. to something that makes you even matter. <laughs> it's just being petty. Um I thought in the first half Clemson's Clemson played not only well offensively until really that last little stretch of the first half. I thought they played really, really well defensively too. I thought the defense they that they played yeah. was was better. I mean, obviously they gave up twenty eight points and a half, which which was kind of crazy, but um, minus really the last eight minutes of the first half. Well, so I guess the first quarter and a half, they looked really good. Yeah. We talked about LSU kind of being confused. I thought it, Clemson had a great game plan on both sides, but LSU just figured that out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I mean, they did, they figured it out and, and it did end up, I mean, it, by the end, Clemson's DBs were getting worked, which the first Again, quarter and a half, I was like, shoot, I might have been really off about this matchup between wide receivers and DBs. And it, um, LSU's offensive line was getting manhandled by Clemson's defensive line at the, the first quarter and a half as well, which is not something that we've really seen from LSU this whole season. And so I was, you know, there's part of me that was like, shoot, I need to rethink this. Maybe it's line play that this is going to come down to. But uh, LSU's offensive line cut a whole lot better as the game went on as well, which was interesting, um, to see, but I mean, these are just both two juggernauts, two really, really good football teams. I tweeted it last night, but it's true. We didn't need any more playoff games to determine that these were the best two teams. These, there is not a single question in my mind that these were the best two teams in college football. And, uh, it was fun. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a ton of fun and honestly, I thought Clemson would play better than they did against Ohio State. I feel pretty confident. I know that they you kept did. saying that, but I don't know. What, I mean, they did, but like I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't know. because I, I, I think it was because they'd won twenty nine in a row, and I'd never seen them look that bad um, yeah. in the first twenty eight. So I was kind of taking yeah. the. I'll take what they've done over the first twenty eight over what they did in that twenty ninth straight win. Um, you I've know, seen some Clemson fans saying that their team wasn't in it last night. Like they weren't mentally there. And I think one, I think that's a total cop out. Two, if you're not mentally there, you got a lot bigger problems than just having lost this ball game. Um, but I, I mean, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is still young. He, I mean, he's a great player, definitely not taking anything away from him. But I feel like he was kind of anointed after last postseason as you know the the golden child of college football that could essentially do no wrong and you know nfl teams were going to tank for him and which they probably still will by the way um but you know it's okay that he wasn't 
perfect. That's, you know, I don't, I think there was a lot of pressure put on him. I think we saw at the beginning of the season where he kind of pressed a little bit. He had um, kind of a lot of interceptions at the very beginning of the season. Seemed like he settled down and figured it out towards the second half of the season, even though obviously those interceptions didn't affect whether or not they won um, ball games. But I think we saw that a little bit last night again. He pressed a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, let's be real. He got off his career got off to the second best start that I, I think a quarterback has ever gotten off to, right? Like he started his career 25 and 0 with a national championship. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only, I mean, in very similar trajectory, like him, yeah. he and Jameis did the same thing. Like Jameis started 26 and 0 and they did the same thing. Year one, absolutely dominate everybody, win it all, be anointed this next great thing. The next year, struggle, throw more interceptions, there's more film on you, and then get to the title game or the playoff in Jameis's situation and lose, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, Lawrence has another year because he didn't redshirt like Winston did. So Winston's career ended like that. But, right. you know, so Lawrence has the chance – with a lot le- – like there's a lot of pressure on you when you win it all, win Heck every yeah. game. Everything's a breeze. We've never seen somebody do to Alabama what Clemson did last year, I, at least a Saban-coached Bama team. Yeah. Um, no one's ever done that. Which, no one's ever – Let's make sure we talk about Saban's interview. <laughs> he did um, with the, one of the, Yeah. I don't know if you saw it or not, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. So – I mean, we've ne- I've never seen Saban yeah. with the deer in the headlights look, you know, yeah. on the sideline like he did, like he had last year. And so, yeah. I mean, they've lost games here and there, but they've been close, you know. Like they, nobody blows out Nick Saban, uh, but Trevor Lawrence did, and Clemson did, and it just came so easy that year. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to Florida State in 2013, everything was so easy, and then in 2014, things are a lot tougher, right? Like that UNC game was tougher, the Ohio State game was tougher. This game, they started well, just couldn't finish it. So, um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see what Lawrence does next year. I think they lose a lot on the offensive line, um, saying that their schedule's a joke again. So, I mean, they should be back in yeah. the playoff. Well, I, I don't Clemson really... opens as the favorite. Um, in Vegas to win in 2020. I think they have two to one odds. And, um, and that makes and, sense. And it's, you know, yeah. they have the easiest path to get to the playoff. They still have they the best quarterback. Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the defense was young this year. It'll get, it'll be better next year. Um, kind of back to that. They reloaded. They have the number one class in the country right now. I mean, they're not, you know, they're, they're just the machine, you know, they're the, well, they've gotten to the playoffs each of the past five seasons. Yeah, and every so, I mean, year the smart the money is yeah. on Clemson. They've, they've been to the playoff national championships. They've been to the playoff more than anyone else tied with right. Bama. Um, and like you said, they've got the easiest path to get there, you know? Um, so. And the teams that are normally there were, don't have their quarterbacks returning. I guess Ohio state has Justin Fields coming back, but Alabama is going to have a new starter. LSU as the reigning national champion will have a new starter at quarterback. Oklahoma, so I mean, that, new those yep. factor in as well. Yeah. So Georgia will have a new quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. they just, when you really look everybody. down the line, Oregon. everybody, Oregon Florida is going to be the, the closest 
Florida will have a new starter with Emory. No, no, they're not. (laughs) But Florida will be the closest team to them, rankings-wise, that returns a A a quarterback outside of Ohio State. I mean, so that's – that is significant as well. Sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you gave me Florida versus Clemson right now on a neutral field, I mean, I'm taking Clemson – 10 out of 10 times, you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm taking Clemson against anybody, you know, that's not, um, LSU, LSU, you know, and with Burrow gone, I'll definitely take, take them there. I don't take Clemson 10 out of 10 times against Ohio state. No, I take no, Clemson I take them... probably six out of 10 times, but yeah, I'm going to push know. that up just a little bit to like seven or eight, but maybe seven is kind of where I feel more comfortable, but that's probably splitting hairs at that point. But, um, right. Yeah, you just I mean, want to differ from me. I just feel <laughs> like six me. is so low. <laughs> and we can't agree. Um, we agreed once in 2020, and I vowed that it would never happen. That's again. enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, props to them. I mean, Burrow will go one to Cincinnati. Hopefully they can put some pieces around him. I, I think Burrow is great, but I also think that I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I – I'm not a talent evaluator or scout or anything like that, but I, I'm very interested to see how he does in the NFL. You know, sometimes it sucks going to really bad teams. Actually, always sure. it sucks to go sure. to really bad teams. You know, you you've got all this promise and you've got all this you and know, all this pressure because you're because they, you're they the guy that's got a million dollars yeah. on you, so you have to turn it around. It's you're, on you, even though this team sucked well before you got there. Yeah, that's how the, you got there. Yeah, absolutely. And look at. Look at the quarterbacks that go number one. Like it's really, really tough. Like you look at, yeah, you know, Winston and Mariota go to Tennessee and, and Tampa. Both of those teams had two and three wins the the yeah. years they went there. You know, um, Winston's rookie year they went six and ten. They tripled their win total, and fans weren't happy because you only won six wins. You know, you got six wins. Right. Mariota's been benched. Winston's had his struggles. Um, you know, it's really kind of a better like. Tua will be set up if he can stay healthy to have a better career because he'll go to a team that's not Cincinnati, <laughs> you know, like yeah. he'll go to a not the worst team in the NFL. Now he may go somewhere really, really bad like Miami or something, but, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I do think Lawrence goes next year, number one. I mean, so it was kind of cool to I see. I think, can we put to bed any talk we've heard about him sitting a season out because that is for sure not going to happen. Yes, no, and I paused there thinking about something else. I think that's ridiculous. What are your thoughts on the three-year rule? Like, do you have any thoughts around like? Do you think that's the right number? Do you think they should just be able to kind of go and do what they want? You know, if you can get paid, Um, go do it. Like basketball. Do you like the one year? Right number. I think there's a huge mental leap between high school and college football, and then from college to the pros. Um, I, I I also think it forces a lot of these guys to get pretty far into their degree, which I also kind of appreciate. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the only argument I can see against it is that football is so physical and there is risk of major injury. And because you have to stay those three years, you could make, you could completely miss out on making any money because of a catastrophic injury. Like I think about Tyrone Prethrow, he works at a bank in Alabama he would have been a first round draft pick had that injury not happened against Florida in 2005. So, um, so, so and I believe he was a redshirt sophomore when it happened. So completely shocking here. Um, you have a different opinion. 
but I think that you'll, and I'm not saying that I'm necessarily right or wrong about this. Like, I don't know what the exact perfect answer is, but I do think you'll, well, we'll see. You'll probably disagree with the fact that I'm going to disagree with you. But like, I think you'll somewhat agree with some of the thoughts on this on merit, um, not necessarily in practice. But I kind of have an issue with the fact that there just that the rule exists at all, right? Like we put the we put the one year rule in not we, but the one year rule was established in college basketball to benefit the NCAA, not to benefit right. players, right? Because right. Hall of Famers have gone straight from high school. Two of the right. top three or four players, Kobe, LeBron. Well, and it's a just joke, guys like it's that. So and burn these guys get yeah. twelve credit hours essentially before they and they're out. You know, so run to me in a very. I, mean, I know this is very like white male capitalist, but to me, the fact that they can't players or kids or whoever can't make that decision for themselves to just go play in a professional sports league right away in basketball and football, but they can in baseball or soccer or just kind of wherever to me, I kind of have a problem with that. Now I'm not saying well, that. And, and the only reason it exists, and I understand the, the, the idea behind the fact that, you know, they do need to mature and they do need to grow and everything else like that. But I they mean, can the do that. The difference between a 22 year old guy and a 19 year old guy physically sometimes is massive. Absolutely. And if, and if a 19 year old kid went to the NFL and they started him day one, that would be on the NFL like that, or that would be on that franchise, that team. So I'm not saying that that's yeah. the answer to put 19 year olds out on the field against, you know, guys that have been playing for five or six, seven years and, and are way older. But the fact that a kid can't make that decision on his own and the NCAA does not care about the fact that dudes aren't ready out of high school to be in the NFL because there could be like a minor league NFL or something like that if they cared. The only reason that rule exists is to benefit the NCAA. And trust me, I sure. like it well, because I, mean, I like – At the end of the day, it's all about money. Yeah, and I, I, think I like college – there are some benefits to the player too. As, for sure. Though, I think yeah, that to up you're there, right. The, the main reason is the NCAA, but that doesn't mean that there's not benefits to the players. I, I agree with that completely. But I just have an issue with the fact that the kid can't make the decision. Like if Trevor Lawrence yeah. wanted yeah. to go out right now – he should be able to, yeah. In my opinion, you know, like that—that that yeah. should not be. And and maybe I don't know. Maybe you kind of like make some kind of rule where if you leave before your junior season, you can't. You can be on an NFL roster, but you can't take a snap. Like you, yeah. you can't. You know, and I, I don't know. Then I that doesn't benefit think, anybody anyway. It. I don't think it'll change or anything like that. I just don't like the rule. No. I especially don't I think like it Trevor in basketball. Lawrence is going to benefit from another season i think so too because he's i he's got room to grow i think he'll benefit as well um but how much is is the i mean he'll benefit from a development standpoint but like he's not gonna you can't get drafted higher than number one he could sit out the whole year he'd still be the number one yeah but that doesn't mean it doesn't contribute to your long-term success i think it doesn't obviously he can't get drafted higher than he's going to get drafted because he is going to go number one but would, would he benefit more from sitting under his new offensive coordinator that's coming in or an nfl program for a year without playing yeah i don't know i mean i mean it's i would hard to i would i would venture to say it's the nfl one you know, getting, I, I mean, getting that, 
getting familiar with but that. But you're getting playbook. live game reps. Yeah, that's a good point. In college, mm-hmm. um, which you, you know you obviously can't simulate, and they're only going to give him so many in practice if he's not the guy in the pros. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I don't know, but it's I, I mean it's an interesting. And I do debate. have a bigger issue with it in college basketball for sure. Um, yeah. Because you know, three, like you said, gets you close to a degree. Bodies are so much different. Like if Zion Williamson wanted to go to the NBA the year before last, he he should have been able to. Yeah, it made college basketball really fun. I liked going up against him uh, at Florida State. It was it was fun to watch. But you know that to me that's dumb. Like it's just yeah. especially in basketball when, like you said, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, LeBron yeah. James. Like I think it's, it's I do it's, think it's easier to do that in basketball than yeah, it would be in football when, though. When these guys are ready out of high school, like they're ready, you know, yeah. LeBron yeah, James yeah. came out and dominated out of high school. Uh, Kobe came out in his second year, uh, was just dunking over people and just amazing. And, you know, KG and all these guys. So, um, anyway, but a debate for another time. Actually, I guess we yeah. just kind of had the debate. I mean, we I just did have the debate. I don't, <laughs> we have a, no answer. Uh, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but, uh, yeah. you know, well, Let's uh, pivot you want to talk, talk about, about the final AP. Oh, do you want to talk about Saban's? We'll talk about that in just oh, a second. Yes. Do you want to talk about Saban? Tell me about it. I, I don't okay. know which one you're talking so, about. All right. Well, he did. A, he There's a clip of him. I retweeted it, so you'll have to look at my timeline. But he's on um, take you off mute the, the uh, he's on the like, whatever, not the game day desk, but essentially the game day desk. And they're, they're asking him, you know, about this game, because I'm sure that's what ESPN's paying him to be there to discuss about. And he says something to the effect of, yeah, you know, everybody says Joe Burrow's so great. They want to talk about Coach uh, O, like he's the second coming. And, you know, they want to talk about Trevor Lawrence and, and Dabo Sweeney, how, you know, this is just the most amazing team ever. Like, I don't want to talk about those things. Like, something to that effect. And it's like, wait, why do you think you're sitting at this table at the national championship game, <laughs> if not to speak about the quarterback and head coach of both of these teams? And he he just sounds so bitter. It's, I mean, it's almost like it's a parody. Like, it should be a Saturday Night Live skit because it's it's kind of crazy. But look it up on my timeline. It's it's really, really funny. He just, he just comes across as like just such a bitter old man in this. And his, his face is all furrowed and he just, he's pissed that he's being asked about the teams that are playing in this game when he's in New Orleans sitting at the desk. Yeah, it, it worries me. Well, not really because my team wasn't going to compete anyway. But I mean, it just worries me that, you know, Bam is going to be Bam again next year and just beat everybody's yeah. heads in, you know, like yeah, I mean, he's going to take that straight he's into He's so <laughs> mad that somebody <laughs> else might be a good coach. He said something like LSU's beaten us one out of the last seven years. And we're all talking about coach. O, like he's the second coming. And you're like, Whoa. Okay. Like he's basically like, what about us? We're good too. Um, um, but yeah, it's pretty funny. Super, super bitter. And like I said, that, that probably doesn't bode super well for the rest of college football, um, no. next year, um, early national championship prediction. Give me your, uh, two teams next year in it. We don't have to do all four because I already know you have Florida mm. in the playoff, but who are your two yeah, teams I think Florida's in-, in the playoff? Um, hmm. I think Ohio state is there. I'm going to say Ohio state, Florida. What the hell? I'm going Clemson-Bama. Write it down. Okay. 
I, Write it uh, down. We took a year off from that game. I think it's time we got it back. So, All right. Um, I mean, I, Clemson's in the playoff in my mind for sure, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, with Clemson or with Florida, Ohio State, and that's such a homer pick. But Oh, my gosh. That's okay. Could not be more of one. Um, I almost snuck Miami in there, but uh, Miami of Ohio, Miami of Ohio. Uh, but I was going to say, did did Florida bring ball boys? Is that how they got there? How did? So we want to talk about the final AP. Sure. Um, Quick rundown. So obviously LSU one, Clemson two, Ohio State three. Uh, So Oklahoma dropped to seven, which I thought was. Interesting. That's where I would have put them too, probably. But you know, sometimes they voters say you got to leave the top four from the playoffs, kind of in the top four, and they did not do that. So Georgia is actually four, Oregon five, Florida six. In my mind, I would have switched Oregon and Florida based on eye test, in my opinion. But you know, can't argue really either, either way works. I think Oklahoma seven, Alabama eight, which is the lowest they finished. And I want to say like 10 years, um, which is interesting. And then Penn state and Minnesota round out that, that top 10, um, Wisconsin, 11, Notre Dame, 12, you know, and Notre Dame and Clemson play in the regular season, I believe this upcoming season, which means automatically Clemson has a harder schedule than they did this year. Um, yeah. And, and looking back at some stuff, I think dropping Oklahoma was the right thing. Like I if, do too. If, if you look at last year's um, Notre Dame got dropped after um, getting blown out th- in the playoff. If you look at the year before, um, Ohio State got dropped after losing the playoff. If you, I, I'm not going to go through every single year, but I know sure. Florida State finished number five the year that they I mean, I lost think to Oregon. So I think that's pretty common. When, right? it's, like if, when it's close, I understand the argument of keeping it. And it's generally more in like, you know, it, the argument I think can be, it can be made more in the conference championship games than it can be for the playoffs, which is where, you know, the argument is made that like they're playing an extra game. So we're not really going to drop the loser for going mm-hmm. when they wouldn't have played this game otherwise. But I think that's a little bit different for the playoffs. But, you know, you lose by a last-second field goal or, you know, you lose by one point at the end. I totally understand the argument of keeping it one, two, three, four. If there is an obvious differential between that fourth team and that fifth team or, you know, or whatever. But yeah, when was, you get blown out, you should fall. And I was talking with a buddy about this on the timeline this morning. I don't know if you saw it or not. But – the other difference is that it's the AP as opposed to the college football playoff committee, sure. right? Like the college sure. football playoff committee was looking for the combination of the best and most deserving four teams. Sure. Like it's always well, going to be a mixture using, of those two. Yeah. And so right. at the time, yes, Oklahoma was the most deserving slash best fourth team that they could sure. put in the playoff. But the AP poll doesn't really measure that. They just kind of look right. at like – who are the best teams in the country right now? Who would – and I think the easy thing, and, and I've said this several times, I think the easy thing to kind of look at always is who would win head-to-head, head-to-head. right? And, yeah. And I mm-hmm. think the playoff committee for – I'm sorry, the AP for the most part has it right. Like sure. I'd probably take Alabama over Oklahoma – I you're, you'll disagree here. I'd probably take Alabama over Florida too, just head to head, straight up, uh, based on how the season was finished. 
Um, mid-season, I'd probably take Florida over Alabama. But, I mean, you're really splitting hairs at that point. Like, sure. do, do we do we really need to put Alabama at six, Florida at seven, Oklahoma at eight, and then I feel better? You know, like, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, really honestly, matters. those are kind of rolling um, the dice, I think, in terms of where, like, and there's no real strong argument for one over the other in that, in that sense, area yeah. of the poll, really. So, you know, and there's nothing that really matters there, right? No. Like, the the big lines are you want to be top five, so you can say you finished top five. You want to be top sure. 10, so you say you finished top 10. Sure. You want to be top 25. You know, like, uh, you know, oh, we finished six, but we should have been eight, or we finished eight, right. you know, but whatever. So, um, yeah, so I think they got it right. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong. I mean, then the rest of it's kind of irrelevant, right? Like, Notre yeah. Dame, Baylor, Auburn. You know, Auburn losing their bowl game kind of hurt them. Otherwise, I think they finished top 10. Minnesota Agreed. got in there. Um, yeah. Which I don't know that Minnesota is the 10th best team. But, I mean, you go 11-2 and two and, and that's what you get. Yeah. Um, and then UCF snuck in at 24. So, I know you were super excited about that. Uh, Texas continues their um, streak of sucking during the season. Oh, that's good. But then being great yeah. in bowl games. Um so they I just and still can't get over that we're back yeah. from last well, year. Well, they're back like, in the top twenty-five. At eight and five, so. yeah, you're back in the <laughs> you're you're mediocre. Congratulations. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it pretty much shook out the way that it should have, the way we thought it would. Um, really sad that now college football goes on hiatus. Um, totally unrelated to the top twenty-five, and I'm honestly not a hundred percent sure if we discussed this when it happened or not but um when uh when Derek King announced that he was gonna sit and the team essentially was gonna tank for him to come back next year do you remember when this happened probably three games into the season he and I want to say one or two wide receivers basically decided I think the coaching staff decided with them that they were going to take their red shirt year so that they could work really hard come back and make a, a better run of it next season and when it happened I was like yeah right there's he he started out so strong guaranteed he enters the transfer portal which at the time he says nope sitting out the year coming back Houston's gonna do big things we're gonna you know we're giving this a run well plot twist he announced that he's entering the transfer portal last night yeah which I don't have too big of a problem with you know, like I understand. No, I don't either, you know, but I think it's, it's funny. Like, like word I think and the everything whole else, thing was ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, kids should do what they think is best for them, you know, yeah. with the advice and counsel others, you know, you obviously want to seek out wise counsel and not people that have their own interest in, in mind. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for him. And hey, is, is that what's best for him? Entering the transfer portal, I more had a problem with the fact that the coaching staff essentially orchestrated this, which I think sends a really, really crappy message to the to rest of the else. team. Like, yeah. yes, I don't, you know, and and there were some guys that ended up leaving the team, the program, over this happening. And it is, it's it's crappy to mail it in on the season three games in because you think if you save the guys that you think are studs for the next year that you'll be even better and have a better chance. And you ask only specific guys to just go ahead and sit the year out and red shirt to give your, your team a better, uh, a better chance. The next go around. I just, I think it's crappy. I think that's a really bad precedent to set. I'm glad actually that he answered the, uh, entered the transfer portal because maybe this coaching staff will think twice before they come up with 
you know, another harebrained scheme like this, but it just, it makes me sad for, uh, the other guys on the team. And it makes me think less of Dana Holgerson, which I previously liked him. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I don't think that's what college football's about. And I'm so glad he entered the portal because, haha. <laughs> Petty Alley. Um, yep. All right, cool. We can, uh, we can kind of wrap up with this, but I know you're pretty yeah. depressed about college football season being done. But I want to I want to talk about the sports that kind of take us through the offseason over this long eight and a half month process um, and kind of see where they rank. Like I know we'll 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 do a one out of ten and college football is the standard. So that's your ten. Um, but like where do the, I'm going to go kind of like rapid fire uh, and wh- you tell me where these events slash different things rank using that scale of one to 10. So NFL playoffs slash Super Bowl, three games left there. Two. Two. Wow. I don't even know if I want to do the rest of these. Are you just anti-NFL or are you going to go low on everything? Oh, I okay. Sorry. I thought if college football was one, my next one no, was No, no. College football is a 10. So that okay. would be two. All right. Oh, so, okay. So nine. All right. So I'm, I was ranking it like one through 10. I was like, like, oh, my God. I'm not even going to do the me. rest of these. Okay. So no. So college football is my 10. Then the NFL is my nine. If I'm okay. looking at college football as my number one, then the NFL is my two. Gotcha. That- and, they, and they don't have to and, – and you could – the rest of these could be nine. Like they don't have to be in order gotcha. or you know, whatever. Sure. Like okay. just where on the scale if you rank them one out of 10. Um, after the NFL moves into, we'll go March Madness. Uh, okay, March tournament. Madness is a nine. You know, just just a tick below college ba- or college football for me. Okay, um, the Masters. Uh, six or seven. Okay. I mean, I, I I like the Masters. I'm definitely gonna be watching it. It's it's not college football or college basketball or the NFL for me. Completely understand. Um the college world series and the women's college world series. Mm, Those are probably an eight for me. I really, really enjoy college baseball and softball. The NBA playoffs slash finals. Five. I mean, I watch, I'll watch any championship of anything and I, and I can get into it depending on who's there and what the storylines are. But I mean, it's sports. So I'll watch it. NHL playoffs slash finals. Let's assume the Lightning are doing well. Okay, so the Lightning are doing well six to seven. Okay. The Lightning are not four to five. Gotcha. Um, Wimbledon. Mm, six. Okay. Um, baseball's opening day. Nah, three, two. And, and then the baseball season in general, just kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. Two to three. I mean, there's too many games. They're too long. And the NFL preseason. <laughs> One. <laughs> um, I mean, I w- basically, I'll probably rate it a lot higher in August because I will have been deprived of it. football for so many months, and I literally am desperate at that point. But let's be real. It, it, it's a joke. It's pointless. And And truly, in June, the CFL comes back, and I have far more interest in that than I do in the NFL preseason for sure, but kind of the NFL regular season too. Um, oh, and then a big one. Uh, left this off. The Olympics, the Summer Olympics. This year. Uh, the Olympics are high for me. I'm a big fan of the Olympics. That would be a nine. Okay, very good. Who do you typically cheer for? 
That's just a joke. You don't have to <laughs> <laughs> say, what do you, what do you think? I'm not a communist. Come on. Um, okay, cool. I wanted to go through those. So there, you know, nothing's college football, but you've got a lot of nines on there and some eights. So hey, you'll I like be okay. sports, you know, we'll, this we'll, is, there's, there's stuff to do. We'll fill we'll, this time. We'll do a soccer game or two this summer. Okay. Um, this summer, this spring when it's there on. There you go. So, um, all right, cool. That's all I've got for today. Do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. I'm about to go into mourning for the next nine months, but uh, you know, I guess we can we can talk recruiting once that heats back up. Although with the early signing day, it, it kind of takes some of the luster away from the first Tuesday of February. Um, and you know, there's spring practice to talk about when that comes around as well. And and we are about to get into, you know, kind of the meet the bread and butter of college basketball and obviously the Super Bowl. So we'll be here. We'll just be talking other stuff. I am definitely how well cool. rounded we are. Yeah, I'm definitely cool talking about um my top ten knolls in basketball. Time to finally like talk about a team that doesn't suck on this uh on this program for me. So <laughs> um all right, cool. Well exciting show next week. I'm excited for it. We won't say kind of what's going on, but possibly yeah. our first guest um, something that is a little bit different that I think you guys will like. But other than that, we appreciate you guys tuning in, your support. See you next week. 